Welcome everyone. You are listening to the I Am a Spartan podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show. It will probably suck. <laughs> Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. Look at me, two weeks in a row, y'all. Anyway, this is a cool episode. Got Jason Dupree from OCR Talk. You need to go check out his podcast. They're doing some really cool stuff over there. Anyway, here you go. Jason Dupree, what's going on, man? Hey, dude, just hanging out at home like everybody else. So, Jason, is Dupree, is that like, uh, is that kind of, is that Cajun? No, just French. It's French, because didn't you yeah, say you were did, that you were from Louisiana or something? I am. I'm from Louisiana, uh, down near uh, New Orleans. But what's funny is, I, you know, not being from the country, I lived in a small city, but not out in the country. My accent is not like those that live 20 minutes away from me, and it's not like the people down in New Orleans either. Right. Does everybody anybody ever pronounce it Dupree? No, that's more like <laughs> Dupree or or just with a little bit more flair to it, Dupree. I don't know. Right. Right on, man. So how is, like, COVID affecting y'all in Texas, man? Uh, our schools got, uh, you know, like, closed down for that first, and then just like everything else, it gets pushed back, and then uh, they said that everything was closed for good until the rest of the year, and so... Uh, we've got two kids, me and my wife, and so we're working from home like most everybody. And now we've got the two kids here, so we, we're trying our best to give them a schedule that they can handle themselves. But, you know, obviously there's a little bit of guidance there, too. But they're still doing schoolwork. Uh, one of them's in preschool, so it's not too much schoolwork, just a little bit of, like, you know, fun stuff like colors and shapes and whatnot. Yeah, my girlfriend, so, she's oh. got she's got one in preschool, and she's having to do all those activities, and she says some days it's kind of hard to get him focused because all he wants to do is play. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's about the same as uh, probably most everywhere. We're, we're able to go outside and exercise and stuff. I go to the grocery store if I need to, and uh, but mostly we're just hanging out at home, working from home, and, you know, days turn into weeks turn into other weeks, and you never know what day it is. Right, so if, if, for all my listeners that don't know, Jason Dupree does the OCR talk with the other lady, uh, Anna Landry. If you're not listening to his podcast, you need to go over there and listen to it and subscribe to it because it's really good. Um, so Jason, are you and your old lady kind of thinking about, you know, since you got all this time on your hands, are y'all thinking about working on another child? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's uh, tough enough with two of them at home, uh, and money-wise, man, kids cost so much money, it's insane. Dude, man, I can barely, I live by myself, and just affording the bills by myself, man, I couldn't imagine having, like, another mouth to feed and, like, take care of and, like, send to school, man, I'd go broke. But I Yeah, thought, obviously you get a deduction in your taxes and stuff, but it's not enough. It's not enough, <laughs> especially, yeah. Especially when you're not, like, we're both full-time uh, workers, so we, we have to take some of the daycare if they're not, for the one that's not in school. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, but they're saying, like, the kids that are born, like, nine months from now, they'll be called the children of the corn. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Sounds like a good movie. Yeah, you should, you should definitely just have a kid just say, yeah, it's one of those children of the corn. You know, we had it in quarantine. <laughs> you got to admit, that's very clever. <laughs> so, Jason, um, so what do you do for a living? I teach and do consulting uh, with with uh, engineering software, so Autodesk, Autodesk based software like AutoCAD, Inventor, Revit. So those are some of the big ones. But they also do that company Autodesk. They do a lot of uh, entertainment industry stuff yeah. as well. So there's a couple of programs called 3ds Max and Maya that a lot of 
game companies and movie studios use. And we don't deal with that so much. We're more in the, the manufacturing space and like architecture and, and uh, plants and stuff like that. So I, you know, teach people how to use it, and if they have problems, I support it. And uh, a lot of times, it's just let's look at your workflow. You know, you're you're trying to get your products out the door. How can we streamline what you're doing? Make sure you're using the the software to its to its best capabilities and getting your money's worth out of it because it's you know not cheap software. So mm. that's uh, sit at a computer, go visit clients sometimes. Uh, play with 3D models, which is a lot of fun. Right. So you're kind of like a tech for the software and a teacher too. Yep. Yeah, a lot of a lot of different roles that all involve the, the software, just by just running it itself. Uh, you know, using it, uh, supporting it, learning how how it updates every year. You know, learning new features and trying to also just be good at, at customer relations and. Uh, helping, it, it's one of those jobs where I'm proud to do it because even though we're you know making money and it's expensive software, it is software that helps the world get better. Right. People are using it to design uh, everything from new picky that you might buy to uh, a bridge that you might cross to go somewhere. So it's it, it helps make the world better a place, and and people are you know the world's growing and technology's getting better and. People use the software to make things that make our lives easier. Well, that's cool, you know, because you can still work from home through all this, and you don't have to get out and get out and about, right? Yeah, for sure. We do a lot of stuff remotely, and we and we have already too. And so we're just taking full advantage of all the remote capabilities. But it's uh, it's nice to have. It's nice to have what we have because obviously there's a lot of people out there that are getting laid off or have to yeah. just cut their hours and we're not in that situation we're very very lucky and and count ourselves blessed so it's uh it's nice right on right on man so so jason tell us about like how you found like ocr and got back into fitness man or you may have always been in fitness i don't know just assuming i haven't i, I haven't been interviewed too many times uh i think you know me will uh Will Hicks interviewed me and Anna at the same time, and I think you might. Mike's interviewed me about races, but I think you might be the first person to really ask me this kind of stuff. I so, know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually grew up as a, a skateboarder, did a lot of skateboarding, and like got into football, but then quickly got out of it because I was a skateboarder instead. Hell and yeah. ended up breaking my arm. You can't play football when you have a broken arm. Mm. Um, so I was in, uh, that was my physical activity. I, I like physical activity, but that right. was really mine, is doing uh, skateboarding stuff and uh, not really any running. Like I got into running in, in college to try and, and stay, uh, you know, stop, Stopped the weight gain from right. getting in college and didn't know how to pace myself. So I hate it running because, you know, you run too fast and, you, and you're dying and it sucks. And so after, uh, you know, years of dealing with shin splints and, and just not enjoying running altogether, I got big enough that I was tired of being uh, tubby. And really, I mean, I was... 190 was the highest I, I ever hit, which obviously is not compare, doesn't even compare it to a lot of other people's experiences. But for me, that was my biggest moment, and was like, all right, I need to finally do something. I mean, shoot, I was 20. I think I was 29. No, I think I was like already 33 or something like 31, somewhere in there, over my 30s, and I finally decided I gotta do something about this. So I did. I started working out with some friends uh, for like six months and like dropped 30 pounds super quick because I was eating barely anything and started feeling really good. You know, it was awesome. It was like getting in shape and feeling good. And then uh, my friend Mark Duplessis, who's, if you ever, you know, you've probably heard him on our podcast quite a few times. Uh, he, I knew him through playing kickball and he told me about, um, a Spartan race and another obstacle course race that was a local one. I think it was a play dirty. And right. I ended up doing, I ended up parting my IT band 
like right before that. <laughs> and I did the play dirty with my IT band killing me the entire time. Mm. And so that, that sucks. So I sk- ended up skipping, um, I forget which one. I either skipped Spartan or Spartan or, or Warrior Dash, one or the other. And uh, but anyways, the, the first few obstacle course races I did uh, in 2013 was what got me into it. So at that point, it was like, well, this is just fun. So I, I I'll keep doing this, and then it turned into um, this is the reason I want to work out. Like I want to work out so that I can be better at at doing these stupid races that we do yeah so man our stories sound a lot alike because like like me i skated when i was young i think i skated all the way up until i got out of tech school and when i started working in a factory and had to wear like steel toe metal tarsal boots man like my feet hurt me so bad when i got off work it was pretty much just couch potato life from then on out and like, dude, I got up to like two hundred and twenty-five pounds, man. So it was, it was, it was pretty serious for me because I mean, I was just the type of person where I ate until I hurt because, hey, if I'm hurting, that means I'm full, right? And that was just the way I ate. Right. I mean, man, I used to take like a two-liter Coke and go into work on night shift, and I drink a whole two-liter Coke, you know, at work almost every night. Yeah. And I look back at my old eating habits, and they were just. They were just awful. But anyway, so so like back to skating, man. Uh, do you still like currently, will you pick up a board every once in a while and roll around? Yes, I have my board uh, out in the back. It's uh, just like in the, the shed. But whenever we go uh, outside with the kids, I might pull it out sometimes and do a couple things. Um, I actually, like since all we're out here and we're talking, you know, outside, trying to do stuff outside and, and cleaning up the backyard. I'm like, man, we don't have the room for it here, but we're, you know, looking to actually buy a house in the next couple of years here. Right. I'm like, man, I need to just build a little mini ramp. Ooh, like a two yeah. foot one, just something to mess around with. That'd be so much fun. Let the kids learn how to use it. Yep. That would be cool. There was, I had some friends that had a little mini ramp and I say it was a mini ramp. It was like five, it might've been five feet tall, but I mean, and it was, only, yeah. it wasn't very wide either. And we used to have fun on that thing. I mean, and I never was really good at ramp skating. I was more of a street skater. But anyway, at my buddy's house, uh, his parents raised, like, English Bulldogs, kind of like the Georgia Bulldog. And, like, they would just walk on the ramp just randomly at times. And, like, I was coming down and just nailed one of them one time and just fell over it, man. You said mini ramp, and it just made me think of that story. But, But anyway, so, like, what is, like, if you were to put down a skateboard and not come back to it for say like two or three years, what is one trick that you know you could get on that board and do every time without fail? Well, I don't think I've ever got any trick every time without fail. I mean, shoot, I'll mess up on a shove it here and there, but uh, I'm pretty sure I could still uh, bust out like a varial flip. Not a, oh. I never did get 360 flips, but honestly, I could probably do a varial flip better than I can do a kick flip right now. Oh yeah. See, I'm, I, me, I could do a shove it backwards and forwards. I know I could, that would be the first trick just out of reflex. I would do that first time, every time yeah. I could do it fakie, but shove it's were just something that I, I, I could get down, down pat, but shoot, there wasn't a single <laughs> flip trick that I could do every single time that I thought felt pretty good about. So you were probably a better skater than me. Man, I used to hate doing kick flips. I wasn't that good. <laughs> I, used to... I wasn't that, that great, but one thing that I got into is making videos, and that actually has carried over into my professional career and even some of the stuff I'm doing with, uh, with OCR now. Because I used to... Uh, get like I got like a Canon GL2 or whatever it was, like the nice prosumer uh, camera uh, back before widescreen came out, and you know everything's that four by three ratio. Got the wide angle lens on it. Um, did a lot of that stuff and right. edit those videos, and I, I've used a lot of that 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 knowledge, video editing and music, uh, you know, land music over stuff to for effect. Uh, I, you know, I've I don't know if you saw the video that I did for um, for Matt's uh, race that just happened, the one where I showed all the participants for like two seconds a piece. 
but like that video editing, the music that goes on top of it, I mean, a lot of that stuff is skill that I brought from way back then, huh. which is pretty awesome to be able to reuse that stuff. That is pretty cool. Have you ever shared any of your uh, old skateboarding videos like on Facebook or anything? I do have some on Facebook, to be honest. Um, I'll have to go back and check I'll have that to out. find them and send them to you. Yeah, man. I'm always uh, love seeing old stuff like that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I made one like before the internet was really prevalent, and it was like a good 45 minute long with me and my friends, like really cool editing. Tricks weren't amazing or anything, but I mean, it was really awesome and fun for us. But mm. that one I don't have. I feel like. A friend of mine has it on uh, VHS, but I, I don't have a copy of that one, sadly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, we never, none of, me and none of my friends, we were never that tech savvy down here in South Georgia, of course. I mean, we, <laughs> well, I think we had like some maybe Polaroid cameras, and that was about it. <laughs> none of us had any money for up, like real cameras. <laughs> yeah, I ended up uh, doing like, like DVD art, cover art, and all that kind of stuff for that stuff, and bands I got into, and did all kinds of neat little things that I've taken in, in into my uh, professional career and later hobbies like OCR. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, besides just getting in the driveway and and skateboarding just a little bit, I haven't really been doing a lot. My skateboard's in the trunk of my car. I always have it in the trunk of the car just in case if I'm like on vacation or something and I just want to skateboard around the neighborhood and just tour it a little bit, that's that's what I would do. But I actually thought about, and, and I haven't done it yet, I thought about doing like a heel repeat workout and finding like a good steep heel and like running up the heel, you know, as fast as you can and you got the skateboard in your hands and then you just, cruise back down to the bottom of the hill and just you know rinse repeat yeah that would be awesome <laughs> kind of be fun especially if it was like a real long steep hill you know and then it'd be fun to come back down it you know and then you just kill yourself again to go up it i can imagine <laughs> i can imagine the looks you would get somebody seeing you run up this hill with a skateboard in your hands yeah <laughs> he just stole something <laughs> but so um so, like you said, you got into OCR. Like, what was your first OCR race like? I want to say my very first one was a Play Dirty, and it was in the New Orleans area at the Zephyr Stadium, which was the, the AAA baseball team, AA minor league baseball team at the time. Yeah. And um, it was a, a 5K uh I ran, you know, later in the day, because this was before I knew about, you know, elite waves and all that stuff, and I remember running for time and ran, like, past the crowds of people that were lined up behind obstacles, and were just like, I'm running for time, so see y'all, and just, like, <laughs> jumped ahead and uh, jumped through everything, and ended up um, coming in with a pretty good time, and I think I was, ended up being 10th overall that day, like, that was the, the end of... Uh, you know, the results for the end of like everybody throughout the day i don't think they had right. an, uh, an elite wave or anything so that was like oh wow that was pretty cool i'm actually better than this than i thought i was but then after that we ended up doing like multiple spartans throughout the year and did it as a let's run together right. and at some point i'll i'll leave because i'm just obviously keeping up a faster pace um but mainly it was just like running with my friends at first. Yeah, that's kind of the way we did it too. We kind of had like a team, and we did all of pretty much 2015. We just stuck together. I think I went to Charlotte and did a couple of races by myself. And then like after that, me and my my best friend Michael, we just got into a, you know, let's go. We went From then, we went elite. There was an age group at the time. We just wanted to compare ourselves to people that were saying they were the the best out there man and it, i mean that was the ticket because we just met so many friends and got into the community of it and we really just fell in love with it there but uh, so at at what point uh made you decide that you know you were into this enough that you wanted to uh, start your own podcast So we started in, we were, I think we started in the beginning of 2018, 
I think is when we started. So at that point, I'd, I'd been racing since 20, the end, very, very end of 2013. And I had gone through my years of, like, I want to do a trifecta. I now want to do three trifectas. Now I want to do all the different kinds of races there are. Now I want to do OCR Worlds and World Stuff is Mother. So it was like, a, you know, obviously a progression of just getting more and more into it. And at some point, uh, I got into listening to podcasts, and it was really listening to podcasts that made me want to do one, simply because I felt like, out of all the ones that were around at the time, there was a, a spot missing. Everybody, uh, for the most part, did, does, or did, like kind of like you're doing, where you've always interviewed people right you had some episodes that i recall where you would just kind of chat yourself with yourself and um, yep. so that that was kind of cool but nobody really had just a let's just talk about what's going on in obstacle racing right now it was all interviews pretty much all the time so that was the the, the niche i felt like we could fill and at the same time it was a little bit of like I, I feel like I had a better take on some of the other people that were doing it. So it's right. like, hmm, I can get on here and, and talk about uh, stuff and maybe give a little bit different approach or different uh, mindset from things. Yeah, I thought it was really Matt, cool, you know, because, I mean, I remember Matt, just Matt. searching for some more <laughs> because there wasn't enough out there because I'm on the road a lot traveling, either if I'm driving to a race or going on vacation – I constantly just lick, listen to podcasts. I think I listened to all of like Obstacle Dominator. When I when I finally found it, I think I drove to Wintergreen and did Wintergreen the last year it was there. And I listened to it all the way up there and all the way back. And so then I was out. So I looked for everything, you know. So I And I, and I seldomly I will do. I'll go back and look for new ones that come out. And I remember finding yours, and I was like, man, this was a great idea. Just two people talking about what's going on in OCR. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, speaking of which, I don't know if you saw that Dave Claxon just started one, too. I don't know if it's yeah. anywhere else except for Spotify, but it's called... OCR unedited. Yeah. See, I, I, those that are looking for a new one. I saw where he shared the link, and I, I mean, I saw it was on Spotify, and I looked to see if it was on Overcast yet, and it wasn't, and I was like, well, I'll just wait until it's on another platform because I don't remember what my Spotify credentials are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I, I wanted to ask you because I was listening to Obstacle Racing Media. But there was a lot, I, I mean, it was still kind of new to me when I found it before I created my own podcast, and I didn't know a lot of the people that were on there, so I would listen to like an episode every once in a while because I was mainly into Spartan, and when he would do one about Bonefrog, I, you know, I wouldn't listen to it because I haven't done one. But right. so when I did finally start my podcast, like Matt sent me a, like a, a Facebook messenger message and he said he said good luck you know and I said like thanks man that really means a lot coming from you but I think you but knowing him now like I didn't know him then I, I pretty much assumed yeah he's just being a smart ass or being really sarcastic did he send you a message like that when you started yours I think I actually reached out to him first and, and like him and Will and asked a couple of questions Oh yeah, but they were both very helpful, and uh, you know, uh, did what they could to answer my questions and give me support. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. But uh, you know, what's what's funny is we've been doing this podcast for we're in our third year now, and obviously this year is crazy for everybody. But yeah, uh, for me, already it had started to change a little bit, like. Um, you know, we joined up with the OCR report, and at the same time, I had already, before I even started talking to Will, started thinking about how can I help do uh, live stream coverage and stuff for these races that don't really have it, or if they do have it, like Savage Race, it's not really anything special. It's just somebody riding around with their phone, which is cool, but it can be better. Right. So 
I, I feel like I've, I've spread myself uh, across the spectrum of things that we can uh, do as media people are part of the OCR industry. And uh, even now, uh, our, like, I don't I have to look back to see when our last episode was because uh, everything's just been so crazy this year. Um, you know, we've put out a few episodes that are just us chatting with uh the OCR report team because mm. we've got nothing else really going on. And I don't want to put out episodes personally just to do that. Like I, yeah. I have, I got plenty of other things I need to be doing anyway. So I try to let them come as they, as they naturally would and not, uh, force it, not push it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I, I appreciate people that do and that have the time to, I just, I don't want it to come out of a, forced place to end up making me not want to do it in the first, uh, you know, for one thing. See, and that's me too. You know, I don't want to get to a place and like have sponsors because if I have a sponsor, I'd, I, I would make me feel like, well, now I got to do a show so I can help the sponsor out, you know? So I don't yeah. really want any sponsors that way. If I want to take a month off because I'm just not really inspired at the moment, I can do that and there's no pressure. You know what I mean? So I kind of right. like that. And, you know, that's a balance that you have to come to if you decide to make money off of it. And if you don't, then no big deal. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever make, I'll, nobody will ever pay me money to talk like a redneck. I don't think that's going to happen. But so, <laughs> but I wanted to say like your live YouTube uh, podcast that you've been doing, man, those are so great, dude. With the banners and everything oh, you're putting thanks. it out, you've really figured that out. And it's super cool, man. Well, I appreciate that, and that's what I was talking about with all the, you know, the live coverage and stuff. So I've, I've really, the main reason we've done our episodes live like that is so I can test and practice <laughs> the overlays and the graphics and all that other stuff. But it is cool to have a little bit of uh, uh, interaction from, um, from the audience at the same time. Uh, and it serves two two audiences, right? You get the people that uh, that want to watch a video, and and then the people that uh, want to hear the audio while they're in the car or on a run. Yeah, when you listen to those episodes in in the car, I swear it's like every two seconds you're clicking your mouse. <laughs> I have, uh, I, yeah, I knew that already, and I, <laughs> I do have a quieter mouse, and it's because I've been like trying to do so many things while we're talking. And, yeah, I figured that. Uh, I, I guess I think it was when we do that. I think it was the episode when it was it was Anna and I and I guess the other girl from the OCR report. I, I don't remember her name, but th- it was mainly them chatting and you were working yeah. on stuff in the background. Yeah. I was like, man, he's wearing that mouse out, son. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'll stop doing that. No, I mean, <laughs> I, just, quiet mouse now, so I, mean, I, I think everybody understands what you're doing. I don't think there's such thing as a quiet mouse. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're ones that, uh, you know, they, they call them silent. So actually, we'll see if, I don't know if we can pick this up, but so that's my regular one. Yeah. Can you hear it? Oh, I can't hear that one at all. No, 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 here's the, here's the other one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't so, hear it at all. This is a little regular one. Yeah. You need to use the other one. <laughs> Big difference. Huh? <laughs> did you notice it too when you went back and listened to one of your episodes? I did, I did. I definitely was like, ah, why'd I do that? <laughs> it was cool though. I mean, it was funny to me. So, I mean, I was like, damn, he's wearing that mouse out. <laughs> so jason uh amidst all of this just what's going on and races t- constantly getting pushed out man what do you think is going to happen to ocr in 2020 i think if it, it's honestly i don't think it's that much different than most companies yeah. you know a, a restaurant if they can make it through this whenever people get back to being able to go to restaurants, they're going to start going to restaurants like crazy. Yeah. And I think this is kind of the same thing. If, if the OCR companies can make it through it, then we're all going to be dying to race. And we're probably going to do, you know, people that normally do 20 races in a year are going to end up doing 20 races in three months at the end of the year. <laughs> right. Yeah, man. It's... That, that's my hope at least, but I think I could see it playing out like that. 
I know when they keep saying that, I know everything's pushed back to what, the middle of May or the first of June. And man, I just, I would love to see things go back to normal and we'd be back racing in June and July, man. But I just, working in the medical field and just seeing how it's taking place and how it's going down, man, I just can't see it happening. And I hate to be the, the Debbie Downer because I'm usually the glass half full guy all the time in the worst situation. But it just seems, I, I can't see there being a race where you got thousands of people touching the same thing and our work like everybody's not back to work without restrictions i just you know right. i mean there's not going to be any concerts there's not going to be like festivals i just i mean un unless these people just go against what they're supposed to do i mean i just don't see it happening right. man and it's, it's a bummer but i mean and and one side of me is like you know we 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 got to really just set this aside for now and just think about the country you know yeah, if it doesn't happen, you know that'll that'll be a bummer. But uh, I mean, it's just like it is right now. It's just kind of got to wait it out and see what happens. So the hardest part is having these ideas of it's it's gonna it's gonna lift by such and such a date, and then that comes, and then that gets pushed back. That's that's the part that people probably should just get out of their head is that there is a set date because there's not. <laughs> so yeah, you just gonna get your hopes that. Uh, let down yeah i mean and that's what's i mean and it's like are are they just you know grasping at straws hoping that they're going to be able to open back up because you saw the news today that uh they said that the german or germany tough mutter said that there's not going to be any races for uh 2020 yeah yeah i mean that's yeah, pretty scary man. all together well i think ragnar's even done um I think they might have like three races that might still be a possibility, but they shut down a lot of them that were yeah. within June and July and August. And just like, I hope that these companies, like you said, I hope these companies will be able to survive and come out of this. I mean, cause you got to think all the debt that Spartan is in right now because they bought Tough Mudder. They were starting this deck of fit. They bought that mountain bike racing series or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know? Man, if deck of shit makes them go in the crapper, I'm going to, just going to be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean they're all trying to do whatever they can to to scrounge up money to keep things going. So yeah, because I mean you I, you see the th the promotion they got going now. You know, spend three hundred and fifty dollars on you know, inventory or sales and you get a free trifecta or you get two trifecta passes for the price of one. Yeah. I mean, is is that them saying we need the money or are they making that much profit on top of races that they can sell it for that, you know? Yeah. I mean, from what I always heard that they don't really make that much money from the races themselves, but, uh, you know, just to make money now. So that, that actually concerns me as well as like, if they are giving away all this stuff up front, what happens down the road or are they, is that going to bite them yeah. when, when things come back? Have you heard, do you have any information on like OCR worlds from Adrian? I mean, he's been kind of quiet on the discord. I feel like he said something recently. No, he's, I mean, he's pretty, yeah, you're right. He's just been pretty quiet, just saying, uh, you know, we're, we're hoping it comes back, but we, we, I guess they're not necessarily for sure. Cause it's and September. They're not, they're not worried about themselves coming back, uh, because they're not a full-time company. Right. You know, there are a lot of volunteers and stuff like that. So if they don't come back, it's not going to hurt them. Cause most of those people have, full-time jobs anyway I, yeah i guess that's i guess that's true if any of them are to survive that would probably be the one because that, that's probably not the making a you know a huge amount i mean they're not making their yearly salary off of that one race right it's not going to shut them down and force them to go to look elsewhere for income yeah and they probably saved a lot by m making worlds in the u.s instead of doing two races you know in one year they're only going to do that one race so yeah. That probably say that was probably like some good planning on them this year, and they didn't even know it. <laughs> right. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's 
it's kind of sad, but you know, I, I always, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping for the best, man. I really am. But I mean, I'm not going to get my feelings hurt if we don't have a race in 2020. I mean, but. Well, uh, you know, that's the, you just find something to, to get yourself in, to have something to look forward to. Like, obviously we had all these races to look forward to and now there's not any. So like the race they had that Matt had last weekend was, uh, was really great for a lot of people. So find something like that. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. who was it? You went hike the yep. Appalachian trail, something like that. Yeah. We did the first 20 miles of the Appalachian trail and we're going to try to go and do another 20 miles next weekend too. So, you know, that's kind of like, I mean, that's kind of our, what we're going to do until there, there's another race or they announce another race. We're just going to keep doing sections of the AT until that happens, I guess, you know, and just try to keep training. But, you know, I, and you see all these people online that are just, they're quarantined, they're at home, and they're just killing workouts and, you know, and talking about this is the time to train hard and, you know, try to be better coming out of the end of this. But for me, it's kind of like the opposite because I'm still going to work and nothing's really changed besides, you know, of course, you know, there's no races coming up. So my motivation's kind of gone down because it's like there's nothing to look forward to. I'm just working for a living and going to work every day. You know what I mean? Right, and so I think it's kind of depends on the person and what uh, helps their mental sanity and, and happiness. So the ones who are like crushing workouts, if that's making them happy right now, then that, that's awesome. But uh, I, I'm still training for World Service Mutter. So, I mean, that's my, like, I'm not going to stop training because my end goal was at the very end of the year in the first place. Right. So, and that's November and, 14th, I think. No, it's earlier this year, like seventh or something. Oh yeah. So um. So, I think it just depends on you know, can you handle being cooped up in your house? Or some people can handle it. Some people have a harder time with that. So you might have to find something else externally further down the road to to look forward to. Yeah. I've been stress eating a lot. <laughs> I bet I've gained like probably not. Yeah, I've probably gained like 10 pounds since Jacksonville race, I bet. Well, there's your reason for working, uh, crushing those workouts. You get stress eat, and then you go go wear it off. I know. I need to. I've been doing better this week. I'm like on like a three or four day streak, so I'm trying to hang with it. So I went to like our Mexican restaurant and just got some chips and salsa to go. And I guess they were out of their normal, like, they usually give you, like, a 16-ounce cup of salsa. And I said, look, I want two large cups of salsa. And it was a 32-ounce cup of salsa, like, two big 32-ounce cups of salsa, two bags of chips. It was, like, 12 bucks. And I was like, man, that's a lot of money, but it was wow. 30. Dude, I, man, I watched TV, and I ate all 64 ounces of salsa and with chips, man. It was, I felt pretty, I was ashamed of myself, yeah, well, one of those every once in a while is not bad. It's when yeah. they turn into back-to-back -back meals. Yeah, and, like, we work at the hospital, right? And so, like, we're getting, like, all this free food because, uh, you know, we're working yeah. there and it's a crisis. So they're giving out free food. and It's never healthy food. It's, like, pizza and burgers and chips and ice cream. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it, and some days it's just really hard to turn down free food. Right. I was never taught to turn down free food when I was a kid. I was taught to clean my plate. Right. <laughs> so, um, so you got like 70 miles at Tough Mudder this past year, right? Worlds, right? I had 60. 60? <clears throat> yeah, I, I think I, I'm going to step outside just because it's nice outside. So let me know if it messes with the audio. Well, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I had, uh, 60 miles, um, which was my 55 was my previous record, and I ended up uh, trying to remember what it caused me to not get any further. I think by the time I got to 60, did I do 65? I can't shoot. I don't think I did 60. Anyway, uh, 
By the time I got to 50, like I ran through 50 well, and then after 50, that's when it was, it was just harder. And I was walking and just ended up uh, kind of calling it a little early. I still had time to do at least one more. Hmm. But, uh, you know, did I lose you? Uh, I mean, hey, there you are. you're going in and out a little bit, but I wasn't talking. So I, uh, yeah, I switched off of Wi-Fi. Yeah. But yeah, it, uh, I don't know where I, where I left off at. I mean, I heard all of you. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty good year for me. I actually learned uh, one of the best things that I learned. I have had issues with getting nauseous during long races like that, and right. I never really understood why. I thought it was like some other health issues that I had, but I ended up realizing that it was because I keep my head down at night too much. You know, watching the headlamp and watching the ground. Right, and that was making me making me like seasick, oh. like motion sickness. Huh. So I started picking my head up, and I felt better, and ended up having a, a great night. Oh, I would never even thought about that, but I guess you know. I mean, I get motion sickness really bad, like if I ride like fair rides, but like roller coasters, I'm okay on. But I never would have thought about that. But it's kind of like when you're riding in the car. And you're going on like a mountain road. If you're looking down on your phone, it'll that'll yep. make me sick too. So I never thought about that. Yeah, it took me. I mean, I had the same issue. That's why I ran less uh, the previous year because I got super nauseous uh, and couldn't couldn't get rid of it in the middle of the night. And this this year, I, I thought about that and I tried starting looking up and it went away. Um, so I'm ecstatic about that. Oh yeah. Um, cause didn't you, at one time you thought it might've been some problems with your iron or something, right? Well, I had problems with my iron and, and those problems have gotten dealt with and, and fixed and, you know, checked on and all that stuff. But that wasn't, that wasn't a problem that year or the, that, that wasn't my nausea problem. Right. I, I know that. Well, that's good. <clears throat> didn't you also like have like a, a leg or a knee thing, like a, it wasn't a surgery, but you had something done after World's Toughest too, right? So I actually have had a pain in my shin for the past year plus, and I didn't know what it was. Uh, tried to, you know, like take time to let it rest, and then it would kind of come and go, and then ran Worlds. And funny thing about that pain is that it kind of goes away after I run on it long enough. Right. It's like, what? Well, seems like it should make it worse, but it doesn't. <laughs> hmm. So I ended up going to the doctor and getting it checked um, earlier this year, and they said it was a stress fracture, but not like, I mean, I don't know what a normal stress fracture looks like, but it wasn't like a crack through the bone or anything like that. It's just yeah. like a spot on the front of my shin that has, like they thought it was a lesion at first because it, it's like a, a, like almost like a small chunk missing or something. And, um, so that's what it is, but it's not like it's not bad enough for me to stop running. And right. I, I stopped for two months, and it didn't go away. You know, it didn't heal up. So at this point, I'm just going to keep training until I can go back and see a doctor because it's not getting worse. At least as far as pain can tell. Right. Because I th I thought I remember you saying something. You were going to take some time off. Yep. Yeah, I spent two months not running. Oh, that wow. was not something I would ever. You know, in my previous life, would ever think that it would be hard to say, but it was hard to, oh, to not sure. run for two months. <laughs> I bet that first run was hell, too. Oh, I got it. was at a battle race in uh, Louisiana, <laughs> and I ended up uh, getting cramps in my cast within the first like mile and a half. I was like, what is this? <laughs> I run 60 miles and I can't do a mile without getting cramps. <laughs> Dang. So that was pretty comical. That's funny. <clears throat> All right, Jason, man, we're getting close to the end, and I've always got questions that I always ask everybody, so I want to go through yeah, these man. real quick. So, um, dude, like, to this day, what is your favorite race and why? Uh, just, I, I guess, I mean, my favorite race has, has always been World's Toughest Mudder. But still, it's hard to compare that with, like, uh, Noram or uh, OCR Worlds 
it's two different types of races, obviously, but right. both of those have definitely been always my favorites. And it's hard to pick one out. I, I'm not the kind of person that can just say, oh, that's my favorite for sure. Well, that's what we're asking uh, here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say my most memorable, because I, I know I have that one picked out, is in 20, uh, 2015, went to do um, Tahoe and ended up... Um, you know, this was before I started racing uh, competitively, and so middle of the day, uh, got up to the mountain, and, and those you know crazy weather kind of tends to roll in, in right in the afternoon. So we were up on the top of the mountain in Tahoe, and ended up getting hailed on right after going into oh, wow. the, uh, the the lake, right after the swim. So I was up there shivering my butt off, and uh, ended up making it out of there and getting down and being like, "Man, I don't want to do this again. Why don't I do that?" And, <laughs> and like, you know, two days later, it's like. I just want to be up on that mountain again. Yeah. So that that's kind of when I really realized that the pain that I that you go through in a race is it's like soul searching and you know build you know such you find yourself and you learn so much about yourself and that's the that's the reason why I can't stop doing it. Yeah, man, I feel you there one hundred percent. So let's flip that. What is like the worst race? Or the race you hated the most, and why? Or dislike. A lot of people don't like it when I say hate. (laughs) (laughs) I could I could give reasons for that being the same answer there. To be honest, but (laughs) uh, I I, actually I think my last time doing um, Warrior Dash. You know, obviously when I first did Warrior Dash, it was a great race and I loved it just because I didn't have the experience that I do now. But the very last one I did, um, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I drove down to San Antonio, not San Antonio, to Austin to do it. So I drove, you know, a good little ways, three, four hours to get there only to do the, the race and be just disappointed. Like it, you know, I've done so many killer races since my first few warrior dashes and just right. warrior dash didn't hold anything for me anymore. So that I did it and I was just like, I don't even want to do a second lap. Like I was planning oh. on. So I just went home, <laughs> Wow. but they're gone. So, yeah. So it, it was probably bad publicity <laughs> you're putting out that made them go under, man. <laughs> so, so, okay, dude, so, like, what is your race ritual? So, you got a race that's coming up on Saturday. What are you doing, like, Friday? What do you usually eat on Saturday morning? What are you doing to prepare for the race? If you do a race on Sunday as well, like, how are you, like, what is Jason's secrets for performing well on a weekend <laughs> schedule? I feel like I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> uh, I, I try to, it, it, depending on the, the race length, I'll, uh, if it's a shorter race, I'll try to not eat a heavy dinner so that I'm nice and light for the morning. But if it's a longer race, then I want that sustenance. And, and you know, so I'll eat a little bit uh, heavier, have some pasta and stuff like that. But if it's a short race, I want my stomach to be fairly empty so I feel like as light as possible. Um because if I do a fast race where I'm running quick, if my stomach's full, it I, yeah. it kills me. Right. Uh, so eating, you know, depending on the race type, eating uh, a dinner that matches it, and then the morning, uh, getting up and stretching, and uh, you know, stretching the night before as well, um, just trying to keep things loose. Um, again. Breakfast all depends on the race type. I've, I've run short races and ate too much and, and like felt like death. Yeah, me too. I remember we stayed at, it was Atlanta race, like probably the second year there, and it had like a hot like breakfast buffet like in the hotel. <laughs> we went in there and got eggs and bacon and sausage and everything, and I could just taste those eggs and bacon like the whole race. So. <laughs> I, I've, I've learned to turn down, you know, free food at hotels the morning before a race yeah <laughs> <laughs> i usually eat really light so, so like what products are you like do you swear by when you go to a race uh mud gear socks caterpie uh, laces what's that caterpie laces <laughs> no i honestly don't <laughs> like any race laces that are elastic right i want to be able to lock my laces down and, and feel confident that they're going to stay exactly as they are 
and I don't like the, the stretch that comes with a Caterpie. Like I appreciate what they, the their product yeah. and, and how well it does, but I don't want that for racing. I think it'd be cool for like training, but like for a race, when you put your foot in some deep mud, you're gonna lose that shoe. <laughs> right. I'd rather have them just on. You know, if I had some, I would I would put them on just regular old wearing them around the house shoes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got, oh, I like, so I love mud gear socks and I also, uh, have been running in high lead shorts for quite a while now. I never got into the spandex and, uh, wearing the, the tight stuff. And having your, uh, having your junk pushed out, you know, like that, right. you know, like that look. So, so I, I do still wear, uh, shorts and I, I really like the high lead shorts cause they're pretty light right? and, and they've got a couple of zipper pockets. So you don't have to worry about any goose that you put in there. Uh, popping out and flying away or losing them or whatever so i wear those and um and i got a pair of the mud gear uh compression underwear like the the compression shorts those things i I love those things those are my my favorite uh and and i've had them for like two years and haven't had to uh shoot more than two years are those pretty good for like chafing did you wear those at world's toughest motor yep i wear those for every distance huh now, chafing-wise, you still got to oh, yeah. lube up and everything. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I wore... It wasn't the pair I usually wear when we did the... We did 20 miles on the AT uh, last weekend. And I was wearing a pair that I usually don't wear. And I was starting to chafe. And I was like, this is bad, you know. Luckily, and like, here was my trick. Like, my nuts were starting to chafe. So, I took... And, like, I had, like like even some destin i'd put on there you know because it usually works good for chafing and if you do chafe it'll start to heal it too and so here what was happening is is the material was just rubbing me every time i would make a stride it's like it wasn't close enough to me or something like that so you know what i ended up doing to save the run to where i wouldn't just have to walk is i had wet wipes and I took a couple of wet wipes and just put them right up underneath my sack, dude. And it was just perfect. Instantly, it was just perfect. It saved the whole run for the rest of the day. Oh, wow. Just having that soft material there and it wasn't moving around, it was perfect. Mm. Yeah, man. If, I, if I'm doing over 10 miles and I want, I want to make sure, shoot, even if I'm doing 10 miles, I'll probably lube up and... Uh, you know, if it gets longer than that, then I'm going to be putting some green goo or trail toes or some something. I don't care what. I just need something kind of all yeah. over the place. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple of toes that run really close together, and uh, they'll always blister on me. And I like mud gear socks, but I have to wear in gingy on the long stuff just to keep my toes uh, spread apart. Mm. Otherwise, I'll get blisters in between my toes. And you know what? And I blame that to skateboarding. Because you know how you're always kind of like standing on your ball of your foot and your toes when you're skateboarding. Well, I had a couple of toes that would kind of go out into the sideways a little bit. And I think that just being in that position all the time just makes a couple of my toes just stay together all the time. That might just be me thinking weirdly, and it could very well be. <laughs> well, the only the only other product that I really swear by, uh, I mean, shoes. I've kind of come and gone from different brands, and right. I really like Merrells and Ultras, but for different reasons, different styles for different races and stuff. But uh, I've been having a Coros watch. Uh, it's very very similar to like a Garmin or something, but I've been having it since they released the, their their watches and and love it. It's, uh, I, I did TomTom watches for a while, and, you know, you get maybe eight hours of battery life out of those, right. and the Chorus ones, like, when they first released, they advertised 24 hours oh, uh, wow. battery life, and so it's like, well, perfect, that's what I need. I remember you talking about those watches once before, and I told myself, if my Garmin craps out, I'm going to try one of those watches. Yeah, and they're like half the price of a, a Garmin, too, <laughs> with probably the majority of the same features. Now, they've got some more expensive uh, versions of them now, but that's how they started out. Did it sync, does it sync up to Strava, too? Yep. Oh, cool. So, like, when we did the AT last weekend, like, I've got a 4Runner 735, but my buddy Michael, he's got a Phoenix, like, 
four or five. And his GPS totally just went to shit on him. And he's been having problems with it. And I'm thinking, man, that's a more expensive Garmin model, too. Yeah. But he's been having constant GPS issues with his. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I had a I had the original Phoenix model that I think I bought refurbished. It still works, but it don't work for like more than six hours. <laughs> It'll be an antique. I actually have like one of the original Forerunner Garmin watches. When I first started running, I bought it, and uh, it looks like a calculator watch. It's so huge. <laughs> It's so huge. I forget what the model was, like a 105 or something. Maybe a 305. I don't know. It's freaking huge. It's nuts. <clears throat> so, all right, man. So, like, what is the craziest thing that's ever happened to you or you saw during a race? Tell us a story. Craziest thing during a race. I mean, that hailstorm was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um... I've never seen anybody, like, get seriously injured or anything. I don't think I've ever, you know, fallen down a big hill or anything. I haven't had any, any like, you got a good example I can go off of? Because I don't think I've had anything too crazy. Just anything that you saw at a race that you thought, man, that was wild or, you know. Yeah, uh, getting hailed on, and that, that probably is my, my craziest moment. You know, it's like... Just after jumping in the, the coldest dang water and then running up the hill. Oh, and when we when it started to hail, what they had on the top of this mountain, they had back-to-back, like, uh, barbed wire crawl to a wall to barbed wire crawl. And then you, like, went up and down that, like, three or four times. <laughs> and, and, and then there was another dunk wall right after it. So it was just, like... I couldn't even move fast to warm up because I had to crawl through all the barbed wire. So that was the worst part about it is it was hail on me. I had, <laughs> you know, a, a t-shirt on and shorts and I'm just freezing to death and the wind was blowing. Oh, that was, then we ended up like getting in a huddle with some dudes and like trying to stay close oh, to each other. Yeah. Oh, Come on, stupid. let's get together and make some body heat. Yeah. A root. Were, I mean, it was so cold. They were shutting down the obstacles. They were like, just pass them up. Just go, just go. Man, every time somebody has a Tahoe story, it always has to do with it is so cold they had to shut down obstacles, man. I just, that sounds awful. <laughs> so, what do you usually wear if you don't wear compression pants? What do you wear when it's cold? Uh, compression long, long pants. So, oh, so you well, do wear, wear those them. with, uh, yeah, I'm talking. Um, I'll wear those with shorts. Okay. And then I'll wear long socks as well if uh, if the weather calls for it. So that'll help keep my legs warm. And and of course the legs don't really seem to bother. I mean I, I don't know how it is for you, but my legs don't seem to be bothered by the cold as much as my upper body. Right. Um. So if I'm if they're a little cold, it doesn't bug me as much. Hmm. But I, I've never worn anything warmer than yeah, just long compression pants or uh, long compression pants and shorts over them just i have some thicker ones like i have some compressions that are thicker than others right and i use a lot of that stuff for camping and hiking and stuff too so um i kind of got all sorts of different layers and and thicknesses right on so jason what is your favorite workout to do man like if you're training like what's your favorite workout to do uh, it could be uh, running shoot, long, or what long runs. Um, I, I've I've tried this year to uh, not go to the the gym as much because we started working from home more, and so I started doing like at home workouts. And I haven't found any that's like, man, this is awesome. I love this. So it's more hmm. like I'll do them because I got to because I should. Yeah. Um, but I started rock climbing this year and actually didn't realize there was a place like right down the street from me and got a membership and um and that's actually like i'm excited to go each time and obviously i know there's more stuff that needs to be worked on than just rock climbing skills but um it it for sure is helpful and it's just so much fun to go and know there might be a new route up today that i haven't done 
I'm talking, buddy. I haven't. Uh, it was a new route that I haven't done to, uh, before, or maybe I've been trying this one all week and I haven't got it yet. So I'm gonna go try it fresh and see if I can, uh, you know, take that one out and actually do it. So rock climbing's been a blast. That's cool. There's no, there's no rock climbing gyms close to South Georgia that I know of. If somebody out there knows, let me know. There probably is in Florida, but that's still a pretty long drive. I would love to get into doing some of that too, because like you, I think that would be fun. It's adventurous. Yeah. You know, it just looks pretty cool. So, Jason, I got a couple of questions that just pertain to you because me and you are a little alike. Okay. So, do you miss World of Warcraft? <laughs> you know, man, I actually, uh, while I've played World of Warcraft, I never got into that one. I've played so many other games, and honestly, I kind of can't help myself but try every single game out um but world of warcraft is one that i kind of bypassed oh really i thought you i thought we were talking one day in discord and you were actually into it maybe i was wrong yeah that was probably like josh chase i think it was josh i uh i think at that point maybe i had already gotten into really enjoying um stuff that wasn't tab target i don't remember i don't remember what the reason was i think world of warcraft is too popular for me to be honest (laughs) <laughs> right. Um. All right. So, okay. Last question, man. What has been like the coolest concert you've ever been to? Oh man. Uh, shoot. You're you're in Georgia. There was a um, there was a fest a festival called Furnace Fest that was in Birmingham, Alabama. Right. You ever hear of that one? I don't think I have. So when I was in in high school and early college and stuff, I was really into all the Christian metal bands and this furnace fest was at an old uh, place where they I don't know burned up coal or something I'm not sure what they did there hmm. but um, so it was a big it was a big factory or something and they had a big stage and floor that was for big trucks coming in so it was a big old stage that these uh, trucks would come in and gather the coal or whatever it was and so the the festival was there, and so they had the main stage, and then they had a couple of side stages where smaller bands were playing, and it was like a three-day thing. Oh, wow. And that was probably my first time seeing a lot of bands that I uh, either loved and hadn't seen, like Living Sacrifice uh, and Zayo, um, but also other bands that I didn't know who they were at the time, but you know, fell in love with them because of seeing them there. Right. And they also had a freaking skateboard competition as well. Oh, uh, wow. I bet that was cool. So, yeah, that was a blast. Hmm. That's so pretty if awesome. So, um, uh, if you ever want to see some of that stuff, just look up Furnace Fest. Furnace Like Fest. 2002, 2001, somewhere in there. Yeah. And you'll see some, some videos of, like, Norma Jean and a bunch of those other crazy bands. But it wasn't all Christian bands. That was the cool thing about it. It was like a mix. <laughs> I was about to Christian say, I didn't Christian think Norma Jean was a Christian band. <laughs> yeah, they actually started out as, I mean, I don't know what, about what they are now, but I think they started out as a band called Ludacris. And, um, and it was, yeah, they had some uh, pre-Christian lyrics in there. Oh, that's cool. Well, Jason, man, I, I'm out of questions. So if you got anything you want to add, if you want to tell people where to find OCR Talk, man, have at it. Well, OCR Talk, we're on Facebook and Instagram, and we've got our YouTube page, which is where we put the, like, when we do the live, um, when we're recording our episodes live, that's where they show up, and we don't do a ton with us, uh, Instagram, it's more just there for, like, on race day, we'll post stuff, and right. just reminders of the episodes that come out, but a lot of the stuff that I've been doing, and, and you know, we, me and Anna are both working with OCR Report, too, so... Anything you see there, like the recent videos that have been coming out, some of the cool intros and outros that uh, are showing up on these videos, is stuff that I've put together. Um, so check out OCR Report on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube as well. Yeah, definitely check out the live YouTube videos. I like to go on there and make comments to see if I can make Jason and uh, Anna <laughs> laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Jason. Well, thanks for talking to us, man. And I appreciate you taking time to do this. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Thanks for calling. Yeah, man. Take care. All right, bye. 
Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Jason again for taking the time to talk to us. And check out OCR Talk, especially one of his YouTube episodes, because those things are super cool. Also, I got a new review this week. Well, it was actually about a month ago. Titled, Great Stuff from Dr. Zog. Five stars. He's got great questions for the pros and makes the interviews entertaining. Keep it up. Thanks, Dr. Zog. And uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody. I got some messages on the last episode I did that really complimented me on it. And uh, I just want to say thanks to everybody out there. You know, the feedback is really, really appreciated. And uh, if you leave a review, um, I'll read it. Uh, Also, if you're looking for a running coach, check out my bro, Bruce Jackson. I mean, the program he's given me that I'm on my third round of it, I've really enjoyed it. The... I mean, the workouts are pushing me, but not to a level of death, but they're pushing me in a way that I wouldn't push myself because it's harder than what I would do if I was programming myself. And Bruce is really easily accessible. And like if I'm having a problem understanding one of the workouts or having an issue with an injury or something, I'll message him and he's usually you know, responds to me very quickly and tells me, you know, what to do or what I can do instead. So like I said, check out Bruce Jackson. Don't mention my name because I give the dude heck about having a naval tattoo. And no, it's not a Navy tattoo. Dude has a tattoo around his belly button. (laughs) Anyway, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Leave a review. I'll read it. And like I said, man, I hope to see you at the next race, and I hope to see you at the next race soon. But until then, take care. We'll see you later. Bye.